Hey there, hi, how are you? It's January 17th and it's the Random Fandom with Brandon Brandon podcast recording coming to you for the first time here in this month of January in the year 2018. How you doing today? I'm well. This is, we're over a year old. We, we're almost two years old. We're almost, oh. <laughs> yeah, way to pay attention. We're coming to you for the 46th official I, time. I'm sleeping through half of the episodes we do. It's understandable. You know, sometimes we have long days and, <laughs> you know. It's all fun and games, and that's why we're coming Until to you. Until somebody gets hurt. Well, in that case, it stopped being fun a long time ago, because <laughs> this is actually painful to get through sometimes. It's it not. Is. But you know you know what's nice about the month of January? What? Not a lot going on, so we can talk about whatever the F we want. Let's do it. Yeah. So we're talking TV shows, movies, games, just depending on what's on kind of our plate, well, as it may be. And, and for example, today we don't have anything to talk about for TV. No, we don't. So we were going to talk about the Krypton trailer that came out, but we just decided that's not enough to kind just of focus on TV. We'll just, yeah. Maybe we'll throw it in later. In what might just be kind of a, a go-with-the-flow kind of episode, we are going to focus on uh, a gift that Netflix gave us on Christmas. Bright? Bright, the movie. Was it Bright? We'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it. That's a tease. Well, like, like I, I think it was kind of a dark movie. No matter whether you liked it or not, it was pretty dark. Most movies that take place in Los Angeles kind of are, for whatever reason, fill in the blank. And most movies that focus on fairy tales are pretty dark. Let's face it. (laughs) Really? Brothers Grimm, dark fairy tales. Mm -hmm. But we're the brothers Brandon. I'm Brandon Green. He's Brandon Jewell. That doesn't make us brothers, but that's fine. Doesn't it? Isn't that Mm -hmm. what makes family? Is the same name? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. you're totally right. Last names are formality. And uh, we got some games to discuss. Which games? First and foremost, Super Mario Odyssey, because I am pretty deep into that game now, and I think it's about time I give the listeners just a smidgen of what I've been thinking about it. An impression. And then speaking of Nintendo, Nintendo just had their Nintendo Direct, where they released a handful of games that are going to be com- coming yeah, out Yeah, that Direct was a little online-only presentation of some of the right. projects they've got coming up. Yeah, and so it was a good uh, good deep dive into what they've got coming out. That's where I heard about the Dark Souls port news. Right. Okay, and then there's some other stuff too. And, un- and unfortunately, we can get into this, but unfortunately, there's a lot of old games making new again, just like Nintendo's been doing forever. Kind of the MO. So when I say which games, you say? Old games. Switch games. Oh, okay. They kind of work. Things are easy to remember when they rhyme. So now that we've got you all excited about the movies and games we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. We're going to make you wait. Because we have some fake sponsors, we need to give them their due time. Oh, they They've got it. some great services and great products that they're coming out with, and we want to showcase that to you. So if We you wouldn't don't mind, be where we are without people like this. Right. So it's important to us that you guys uh, hang on for a second and listen to these fake sponsors. And we'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, cooks. Let's face it. Regular store brand cornstarch can only take you so far. If you need your cornstarch thicker, creamier, juicier, and a pleasure to jam down your friends' throats, then you need Pornstar Cornstarch. Just one teaspoon of Pornstar Cornstarch will make your chowder so much thicker. You'll be able to baste a glaze like never before, and people will notice how you fill their pies because this cornstarch gives a whole new meaning to the term pie filling 
Order yours today at GiveMeThatWhiteStuff.com Pornstar Cornstarch Clarendon, Sepia Tone, Gingham, and Juno. You might recognize these names as popular filters on Instagram. But aren't you getting tired of these filters? If so, we have a great new way to freshen up your picture taking that will really get your photos noticed. Introducing the all new Filter Filter. With the Filter Filter, every picture you take will be transformed into the image of the alt rock band Filter. You'll have your friends and family saying, And once they see what your new filter filter can do, those same friends and family will say, And years after they frame that picture and put it up on their mantle, they'll smile and say, Isn't that Nickelback? It is! And that's because the all-new filter filter is also Nickelback. You know, people are into taking pictures of their food nowadays, so maybe you could use the filter filter after you bake or cook a delicious dish with the starch. What the hell just happened? (laughs) With that cornstarch. Yes. Yeah, how about that? Yes. Everything's going the way we planned it, totally, (laughs) as you can tell. It's Friday night, and we're ready to fight. Now that we've taken care of our fake sponsors, please do take care of them and check out the websites if we gave one. If we didn't, well, just look it, for didn't. it on a store where you, that has shelves. Uh, go to google.com. Yep. And um, the great thing about that website is you can type in anything and it'll find it for you. It will. It's like a really good retriever. Yes. It's like uh, it's like Yahoo does, you know? Yahoo. I'm just, sure, you, of course, you've heard of Yahoo. Google's like the new Yahoo. Right on. What else is cool in 2002? <laughs> Have you heard about this new band? They're called Fallout Boy. <laughs> I think they could really be something. Like we said, we don't have a whole lot on our agenda today. The bulk of which we're going to be talking about is Netflix's Bright, the movie that came out exclusively on Netflix. Christmas. I got around to seeing it. It took me a couple different sits. Really? Sittings. Why? Uh, just busy or were you not yeah when it? I watched it at home I was tired it was like it was the last thing I did before I went to bed okay I finally got through it um I don't think I liked it as much as you based on what I think yeah we just I know initially of you. okay yeah, yeah. Um, and the way you're holding your crotch right now tells me that you really liked it my scrotum it <laughs> well that's understandable <laughs> put a little cornstarch on the bottom of it just like pepper it oh, just okay. a little bit yeah I'll try that it's like baby powder See, better, right? Yeah, that's wow. way better. <laughs> the product works, guys. <laughs> hey. Hey, all right. Uh, Bright. Yeah, so this is... It was is, better than an itchy scrotum for me. It is. Uh, this was actually kind of a big deal for Netflix to put out this full-on, almost theatrical-style movie. Well, they've done with movie, Will movies Smith. before, but this one had like the highest... But this is a $90 million dollar movie. Really? Yeah. How do, they, how do they measure getting that back? You know, because there's no technical box office... Do they measure it in just subscriptions or? I, I honestly I don't know, but I mean yeah. it's all about really. 90 it's all about million? yeah. Holy hell! It's all about creating a buzz for Netflix. Yeah, because and they had started doing their own original movies, but they were like those dumb ones with Adam Sandler. They're clearly just like right cut cost and slapstick and like. But this one did. You would have sworn it was in theaters first, and then it came to Netflix if you didn't know better. Right. Well, yep. especially when you have a name like Will Smith attached to it. Oh, huge. Will Smith doesn't really do smaller movies right now. He does shitty movies. 
But he yeah, doesn't I, really do smaller movies. We're going to come back to that point, by the way. But yeah, hold on to that, Brandon. Okay. Me. So uh, you had mentioned that you you weren't too fond of this movie. Um, if we're just to look at the overall, you know, what our thoughts are, I actually did like this movie because I think I went in not having any idea. I had no idea what to think of it based on the Neither commercial or the trailer. It I was mean, all I knew, over the place. I knew the general synopsis of this movie beforehand, but when I, when I watched it, I realized that it was a lot more serious than I thought it would be. It was it, it reminded me of Training Day in a lot of ways, and it actually took specific beats from Training Day. Which David Ayer wrote. Yeah, so David Ayer wrote Training Day and directed this movie. Yes. But he didn't write this movie and he didn't direct training day. <laughs> yeah, you can Yeah. yeah. But there's I'm obviously there's logic. connections. A little crisscross there. So it was like it was like training day meets the wolf among us. Okay. You know what I mean? And we're like, living in a world amongst basically fairy tale creatures. Yeah. But like in a in an adult themed fairy tale verse. Yeah, that's thus the wolf among us. Good comparison. Yeah, so, I'm following you. Um but I I liked it. I didn't know what to expect, but what I got out of it was Fun, action-packed. Um, there were specific moments where I was like, that is a mistake in directing because this scene is going on way too long. Or that is a mistake in writing because this doesn't make any sense. But overall, I was entertained by the whole thing. And by the end of it, I remember thinking, not bad. Like, I kind of like that movie. But you have a different feeling so I, yeah I, and thank you for your points i don't disagree with anything you said i can see why you would think that um because you're a dullard and but uh-huh. s- someone like me was much higher standards, standards? Yeah, yeah of course understandable no totally uh, no i was really intrigued by this movie for the, about the first half hour and uh-huh. then i think the scene and from that scene on it just kind of lost me is when the shootout happened cop on cop shootout uh-huh oh by the way spoiler if you haven't watched it come on oh yeah <laughs> spoiler alert. here we are but uh yeah I, from that point on, it just, it became like a different movie for me and it just went really off the rails and I couldn't mm. follow the logic and who was who and who's Inferni and who's the actual Bright and who's this character. And it just got really confusing. Maybe if I watched it again a second time, it would make more sense. Not that I'm going to, cause I really didn't like it enough right. to want to go back to it. I love Will Smith always, no, I can't say always do, but he's always good despite if the movie's kind of bad, but he was just basically a rehash of um, Bad Boys in this movie. His nah, character. Well, I don't know. Okay, well, I, there, I, I feel like there's a different dynamic between uh, the the two in Bad Boys and the two in in Bright. I mean, I mean, they're both you know action cop movies, but one's a complete comedy where everything's meant to make them look badass, and then this one everything's made to they don't get along and everything's made to make them look like they're going through the worst shit that they can possibly go through i can see that so point. it's i don't know i mean I, I see where you're going but i feel like will smith did act it a little differently a little it was a slightly different character at least yeah all right i'll give you that um overall this movie just reminded me of a few different previous movies from uh, david Ayer. it had an element of like kind of like comic booky fairy tale-ish mm-hmm. go with me here if you if you can yeah all a suicide squad yeah no totally and but then it also had the the gritty dark underbelly of la crime scene minus you know or with the addition of fairy tale creatures that like 
training day and end of watch had. Right. And it just didn't work. And it was like trying to be a social commentary about the way yeah, it cops was are a perceived. Lot about, well, cops and race. And race. In general. But it wasn't so much the races themselves. The races were really kind of like the privileged were the elves and the upper class were the elves. And not saying white or black, but just upper class richer and then kind of more underdeveloped third world existence even in our first world society was kind of supposed to be the orcs and like you know he right. you get the story that jacoby what let his guard down jacoby being the the orc cop will smith's partner let his guard down because he saw an orc kid that was about to take a fall for something he didn't do right and so was that supposed to be like i don't know if he let his guard down he actually helped the kid true he you know he got distracted yeah oh yeah he was willingly he distracted. screwed up and almost grabbed will the wrong smith. kid yeah and then that led to Will Smith getting shot. And I think they could have actually shown that scene. Like the movie could have started there instead of just being a referential flashback point. I would have actually liked to sure. see that okay. scene fleshed out a little bit Which more. Which is more of just a directing choice. And it's yes. weird. Like you say, that scene could have been totally fleshed out a little bit more. It was just like a callback. Yet certain scenes were fleshed out way too much Yes, in this movie. Yeah. And this movie just had similarities and feelings to other movies that I already like better. So I'm like thinking, well, if that's the kind of movie I want to watch, I'm just going to go watch that. Like... Layla or Leela, the um, uh, the elf girl, right? Who has powers? The yeah, right? Is that her You're name? You're talking. Well, no. Tika is Tika. the one that they that they are protecting. Yes, and then who was uh, going to be used for something? Leela is the, the evil one. Yeah, yeah. So, but Tika, I guess they. I don't even think they say her name, but once or twice, and it, I get they confused. Yeah. Yeah, I get confused bit. as to who's who, but that's asinine. Wasn't she just basically? Lilu from uh, Fifth Element. Yeah, she kind of was. Minus yeah, she the, was the strappy, but she had like hair and then she could fight. But she was kind of like help me, protect me, and something yeah, she's special pretty about much her. useless until she pushed really needed to be useful, and then she became very useful. Yes, I no, I totally that was see kind that. of like a, an think, easy copy. I think you're right. There's a lot of tropes in this movie. Yeah, um, and it's interesting because the whole movie is based around tropes from fairy tales mm-hmm. but also turn the tropes on the head for fairy tales of, of, of like turning races of of orcs into a social commentary on you know hispanic gangs for example i mean like so oh, they man. did a lot with that to change it and i liked it at first but i it was really surface level it didn't go yes. very deep um let me interrupt you real quick you were talking about the hispanic gangsters the yeah. guy poisoned in the wheelchair I'm sorry, on the wheelchair. I have a thing about wheelchairs and prepositions. You're not in a wheelchair because you're not actually like in it, like well, in the tubes. You're on the wheelchair. Am I, let me ask you, am I in a chair right now? That well, I'm let me ask on? you this. Yours doesn't have arms. Uh, mine does. Am I in? No, you're on wh- the chair. But but the arms are around me. So I have, I'm covered on three sides by the chair. You're between the arms of the chair that you're sitting on. That would be the proper okay, preposition. Okay, but... If there was a box and I was in between all of the walls of the box... Would your head be down below? No. If I was standing... If I was in a box... This is such a weird offshoot <laughs> No, discussion. I have a, this no, thing. This... Anyone who knows me knows so, how I feel about wheelchairs. <laughs> so if I was in a box and there was four sides to a box... You already and just I answered your question. You're in a box. inside a box, but I have... But, but half my torso's out. Am I in the box? Yes. Or am I on the box? Where are your feet? In the box. Then... There you go. So your feet have to be in in order you to, you to be in. But if your butt is in the chair, meaning surrounded by three sides of the chair, but your feet are not, your feet are hanging out the fourth side, which is open, you're on. 
The thing I didn't like about this movie is <laughs> how it leads to <laughs> random discussions, but it is the random fandom podcast, as you guys well know, so it makes sense. I don't know. I lost you, but thank you for playing along. I did not you know like how everyone was so stereotypical, like, what's up, man? Right. My boy's been saying this. It's just like the typical Hollywood, LA, yeah. Vato gangster. And, and it's funny always that you had Hispanic and- gangs, and then you had the orcs, which were made to almost be a like an Hispanic Af- gang well, or an African-American you, gang, whatever. You, 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 they were a gang, basically. Yes, okay. And they were the lesser desired population, and they were violent. And you kind of were dr- left to draw to your own conclusions. Okay, is that a particular race or is that just I don't know. Well, they made it's it's I like the story behind it though, where they they made a deal with the Dark Lord two thousand years ago. Do we ever really find out who the Dark Lord is? No, but this is a part. This is the first of what they signed on for three. Movies. That's right, because we've already seen on the internet that uh, David Ayer has signed on to direct Bright Two. Right. So there's still more, and I think there's going to be a third one questions to be answered which then. i'm actually happy about that because i think they built See, I, a decent I, world and but they couldn't go too deep into it here's the thing let me i'm sorry to interrupt but let me just piggyback off that real quick just hearing you say that changes my viewpoint a little bit i still didn't okay. enjoy the movie as much as i would have liked to but knowing that it's a setup okay i'm okay with that a little bit more no because i i didn't know that there's supposed to be like yeah a whole connectivity so i mean they've set up this whole story about Obviously, magic exists. There is literally a Dark Lord. There was this fighting 2,000 years ago between these races, which still, to this day, holds uh, people hold grudges and animosity towards the opposing races. Um, so you have humans and orcs who just do not get along. And they still, in the movie, are saying, 2,000 years ago, we they fought against us. And it's like, but then you have the progressive people going, yeah, that was 2,000 years ago. We should we should open it up. They're they're different now. Yeah, they're times just, have changed. They're they're living in our apartment building. It's it's a different world. Yeah. I like how you can take this old school story, right? Like just out there, there's magic, there's fairies, there's orcs, there's elves, and you can put it in a current world and what would happen if all of those fairy tales were true, but we live in a society like LA right now, like current LA. Yeah. And I like the fact that if they're going to do two more movies, that what you've set up is that Will Smith's character is a bright. He has the magic capability to harness the power of a wand. Oh, yeah. Which is very rare, but he has it, which was telegraphed earlier. It was very telegraphed. Yeah. Well, you, you knew that was coming. Oh, that um, guy from the very beginning, the guy who was like, oh, yeah. Naked and doing street prophecy with a sword. He was talking to the orc, uh, Jacoby, and he That's said That's what I something. call it, too, when I'm waving a sword around naked in the Nip. street. Yeah. I call it street prophecy with a sword. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a thing we do on the weekends <laughs> on occasion here in California. So, but yeah. Uh, I just like the way that they've set it up to the point where the Dark Lord is still out there. He's still got people fighting for him. And somewhere along the lines, they're going to need Will Smith's character because he's got power. And they're gonna need him to come back. Help me be reminded. I I think I might have dozed off one of the two times I did, right towards the end. Who has the wand at the end of this movie? The basically like the FBI of magic. I don't remember what they call themselves. Oh, the, they, they call themselves the they're feds. Yeah, they're they're, they're the feds. They come in just one like of them an is FBI or the CIA big uh, guy with like kind of the orangish hair. Yeah, and then the uh, the elf and the elf. And he's bad or good? Do we know his intentions? 
he seems good. He Both seems of them good. seem good. But you think they're bad because they're elves, because then there's those other three elves right. running around trying to, you know, kill the the infidel or the betrayer or whatever but they call her. Basically, those elves work for the Dark Lord. Yes. The, the bad elves work for the Dark Lord, and they are incredibly powerful because of the deal they made with the Dark Lord. Right, because they were just slashing fools. And of course, yeah, this movie had a, your typical gangster strip club shootout. Gotta love that. That is a trope, too. Yes. Yeah, it for is. sure. And in fact, you know, there was a there was a lot of chasing happening in this movie. I would that say like took 40% up a majority of the movie. Of the movie. Is like the, the chase. And I felt like that was way too much. Yeah. We and didn't they overdid need... the car scene too when they're first I did like sorry, I'm gonna jump topics here, but That's I okay. was talking about like the the cars the first car scene when you find out they have bulletproof bulletproof glass. Remember that one? Uh-huh. But then that just goes to show how, you know, Jacoby, the orc He's just, he's like innocent. He doesn't get things. Remember, he's like, when like he does a maneuver and the guy ends up smashing into a parked car and he's clearly dead. And he's like, oh, they don't teach that at the academy. He just yeah. doesn't, his timing is awkward and he's just like an awkward fellow, but, but he I means good. That. He means I, I, well. I did like that about him yeah. because he's this big lug of a guy who is seen through society through really bad eyes. Like everybody looks at him like he's. A, a drain They've already on made up society. their mind about yeah. him based on just who he is as a race, not who he is as a, an individual. shows because he's the very first orc cop now, on the LAPD. And then he gets crap on either side, so the guy, poor yeah. guy has no place to go, and now his partner doesn't even want to be around and him. And at his heart, he's super innocent. Yes. So what does it mean when they keep telling him, his fellow orcs, that he hasn't been blooded? I, d- I didn't get what that meant. He killed or? I, I think, I, I don't know. Because his teeth aren't up. So. No, yeah. I, wait, but I thought he cut his teeth off. I thought he... Sh- shaved him down oh maybe he did because to fit in i well, missed that part I, I don't well i don't i don't know if it was to fit in i think what it is is it's like a orcish bar mitzvah of sorts in a way where it's like sure you that's where the society as a whole has recognized you as like a part of their culture i sure. think is what that means right I, I could be wrong but that's what i was getting from it um him and his family like his fathers before him never wanted to be a part of the dark lord thing never wanted to be a part of that that kind of orc society so to show that they've been grinding their teeth down so that they as kind of like a protest to the way that their fellow orcs have gone throughout history and but they're like the goody two-shoes for a race that is still kind of bad and in gangs and so they don't accept him they don't accept that family they won't blood him but at the uh, end, thank you in for this, explaining that. I explained this, it better than the movie did. Yeah, and that, which I know we're jumping around. At the end, with that weird, drawn-out, fucking long ending, where um, Daryl Will Smith's character and Jacoby are running out of the building that's on fire. Mm-hmm. Jacoby goes, "Uh, I left my partner in there," and you're like, "Dude, he really? You're an idiot!" Like he was right there behind you. Uh, anyway, so he runs back in, he pulls him out, he saves him, great. Then he gets blooded by his fellow orcs, remember? They cut their hand and, like, raise their hands up. And then there's this dialogue between, uh, Daryl and Jacoby about him being blooded. And then there's some jokes thrown around. And this entire time I'm like, where the fuck is everybody else? (laughs) There's all these cops, there's ambulances around, they just came out of a burning building they're on the ground and yet there's time for all this and there's to like a five minute dialogue that's exactly what i thought where of. where like all of this shit happens and then and then all of a sudden 
cops and uh and the paramedics run up to them and i'm like were you guys like having a cigarette and you're like no just give him time that guy's getting blooded right now like what yeah, everybody <laughs> knows you don't interrupt a blooding <laughs> yeah like it was there's certain things about this movie that when i'm watching it i'm just like dude david air you're fucking up you have something decent and you're fucking up right now. Oh, there's a lot of inconsistencies. I'm going to go back to that chasing with the bullet p- bulletproof glass when they're first run from yeah. the gangsters after the police on police shootout. Will Smith clearly at one point, I know it's a little thing to pick up on, but I just couldn't let it go in my mind. He goes, I'm out, right? And then he spills all his shotgun shells when there's an initial crash. You never see him pick him up. You never see him reload. And then the very next scene in the strip club and all the ensuing scenes, he's just blasting off rounds with a shotgun. Little hmm. things like that, just little missteps yeah. in logic, you know, because well, and that's this often, wants to be a logical movie. It's yeah. not like a slapstick, hey, hey, but it's also not like just, you know, like a drama in a sense, but it wants to be taken seriously. It's a it sense totally of serious does. tone totally with does. a, you know, a, a fantasy element to it, sure, but it just, there was a lot of gaps in logic that just were kind of hard to ignore. It sounds like that's more of an editing thing, though. Like I would, totally, I would say so. There's a really good chance they had a clip of him loading it back up. But just when they're, you know, cutting the slivers out, trying to cut a minute here, 30 seconds there. Because let's face it, this was a long movie. It was a long movie. They must movie. have had to cut a lot just to get it down to, what, it's runtime of just under two hours, like 157, I think. Which is I think crazy, because there's some things out there I'm just like, dude, not just you should have cut that out. Yeah. I was, on a pleasant note, uh-huh. I was very um, surprised to find out uh, Jacoby, the orc cop, was played by Joel Edgerton, or Edge, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think it's Edgerton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's him. I mean, it's hard yeah. to tell who's underneath I, I didn't such know heavy and, makeup and yeah. stuff. I think he did a really good job. To me, he was kind of like the star of the movie because it really, even though Will Smith was the center character, so much of the action and the tone of the movie and how people reacted to the two of them wasn't so much focused on Ward because, you know, you're a cop, I hate you. That's just inherent. But really, then the extra amount of vitriol that people had towards their characters when they would interact with them were based on Jacoby and he played mm-hmm. that off really well. Yeah. The elves, the especially the dark elves or the uh-huh. servants of the they didn't look like elves, they looked like vampires, let's face it. You go back and watch it. Okay. Well, they looked like vampires. I mean, yeah, they're tall, thin and really athletic and pretty good-looking. I mean, that's pretty much what an elf is. What would you rather be, an elf or a vampire? Elf, for sure. Yeah, me too. For sure. Cool. But, you know, here's I like how I'm pointing out all these kind of things that I didn't like about the movie. And I think I'm doing that because I could nitpick this movie very well because it's got a lot wrong with it. Sure. But I do want to say as a whole, I did like this movie. So it doesn't lose it. But there's all these little things. Like, for example, you just mentioned the, the elves. The elves were taking out armored cops left and right. Yet near the end, when the elves are trying to fight um ward and jacoby they were having a hard time Useless. and they were totally defending the, the 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 cops were totally defending themselves well against these souped up elves it's there was like these little inconsistencies like that and i'm like that doesn't make sense dude she just took out like 10 armored swat team i agree <laughs> i agree so. but overall yeah you know, as we're wrapping up our discussion on bright i would say that not a Good showing for David Ayer after a bad showing of Suicide Squad. I, I wouldn't think it would be yeah. the rebound film you were looking for. Not that I enjoyed this a hundred times more than Suicide Squad, me as too. A, for instance, but it still wasn't enough to be a good movie for me. And this guy's got so much, you know, cred based on his filmography, whether he was writing, penning it, or directing it. 
but this wasn't a, a, a rebound movie off Suicide Squad. Um, I gotta say, it's probably like if I was to give it a rating, mm-hmm. a six out of ten for me. Okay, it was it was and passable. I think that's about but... where, um, you know, like Rotten Tomatoes is and stuff. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Let's give that a look real quick. Oh, funny you mention it while we're going to Rotten Tomatoes just to see what they think. Uh, I just saw on IMDb exactly at a six point five, so not too far from kind of my line of thinking. Let's see what the good old RT has to say on it. So. <laughs> wow big shift but in. see yeah there's a huge difference between what the users or the audience i should say thought of it versus what the critics thought of it yeah and just to put flesh on those numbers 27 percent critic 87 percent audience so to speak to your point i'm sorry i need clarification on one thing you sound like you probably understood a little more of this movie than i did uh-huh. so the girl well, i didn't like fall asleep twice during it well you know, it's hard to jack off and watch a movie, but I do what I can. Yeah. So the girl, the elf girl, when they first rescue Tika inadvertently, because they don't know they're going to rescue her, but they're going just to, you know, do their the patrol. The Leela, the powerful one? No, the one that's like hooked up and being harvested. Oh, what yeah, was yeah, yeah. that? Like, I, And then they killed her afterwards, but you can tell she was like being, she was either going to be used to bring, oh, maybe she was supposed to give birth to the Dark Lord or something like that. I, I, I who was she? She was one of the. Oh man, I'm I don't remember. Was she a bad elf or a good elf? She's bad elf, and she so was like she sacrificing was one herself. Of so Tika and Leela, they called each other sisters huh. because they were um they were part of this evil this pack group. Yeah, and Tika was the one who was saying, "No, no, this is too this is too evil for me. I need to break off because I'm bound out. I'm yeah. bound out, and hence hence the whole." you know, chase of everything and her taking the wand so that uh, Leela doesn't get the power. Okay. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I and what don't... was that? What was she hooked up to? Like some elf harvesting magic construct? I don't know. Okay. That, I, that I can't... I if I were to f- watch it again, I'd probably be like, oh, okay. But I, I Maybe they were using her that. to like birth. You know, like... I don't it, know if she was birthing anything. It might have like, been... Well, like rebirth the Dark It might have been to harness power or something like that. Yeah, that was kind of just a something they didn't explain. I got to say... And this hurts my heart to say because I grew up being entertained. You can almost set your your calendar to a Will Smith blockbuster in my formative, you know, movie watching years. Um, you look back at his his filmography lately. He's not a lot good going for Will Smith, especially like box office or critical uh, reception. Well, yeah, you can't be on top forever, ever. No, but I'm just saying. But at the same time, he's still a box office draw. He's still a top dude in Hollywood. What I'm using as a frame of reference when I say this, right. the last Will Smith movie I enjoyed, granted I didn't see Concussion, and I know that was kind of like supposed to be like a real good role for him, but the last movie that he really starred in that I enjoyed was, sad to say, uh, I Am Legend, and that was over and that, 10 years ago. And that one was kind of a mixed bag too. There was I, I a lot like of things it. that I, I, the ending I didn't sucked, like about that. It was a, a good overall movie for me. But let me just go over some stuff with you that he's done since then. You ready? Yeah. Hancock. I didn't mind Hancock, actually. I or didn't Hancock. care for it. Um, what about The Great Seven Pounds? Remember that one? Yeah, he did Men in Black 3, too. Men in Black 3. <laughs> I never even saw it. After Earth, he did have... Remember, he was uh, his yeah, son's dad <laughs> in the movie. Wow. That good, one Good was stretch. Apparently really bad, and I never saw it. How about it. Winter's Tale? The Great Winter's Tale. Remember that one? 
Yeah, no, you I see the point I'm making here. I, I do, I do. So no, 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 I'm not done. What about no, focus? No, I think we are done. So what you're saying is basically in the last like seven years, six or seven years, he hasn't had much. That's, yeah, unfortunately. I, and but it's just, dude, how do you how do you always have like a men in black or how do you always have a bad boys? Like how do you always have an independence day? Like you can't keep that up forever. At least he was smart enough to stay away from independence day too. Yeah. Cause yes. from what I understood, they, they offered actually wanted, it yeah. And he's like, not full. Well, it's funny cause they wrote a script without him expecting him to turn it down, but they still offered it to him. And if he would have said yes, they would have rewritten the whole thing. So what did you think of this movie overall? I, I, I would put, a put this grade on closer it. to like a seven point, eight ish i would put it really close to an eight like an 80 percentage but I, there's a few things that are knocking it down right all these chat all these issues that i have with this movie that i keep on thinking about they don't ruin the movie as a whole but they they definitely lower the score for me sure because when i was done with this movie i was like that was that was pretty good and my girlfriend at the same time was like that was way better than i expected it to be but when you start to think back about all these little things that annoyed you or little things that didn't make sense, it knocks it down a few It's pegs. the little things that kill. So, yeah, nice. Bush? Yeah. I think that was Bush. Yeah, that was Bush. Good yeah. job. You too. So I, I'd give it like a 7.8. Cool. Yep. And we'd give you uh, other topics because we're done talking about Bright. Damn, we talked about that for like damn near half an hour. Well, I guess that's what happens when it's January. January is historically, you know, it's just as far as stuff that we're interested in that we talk about on our it's cast. right after Christmas. It's, it's a it's slow not much month. coming out from movies or TV. No, it's just a slow month across the boards. Yeah. And to further be example of that, what are we talking about now? Uh, games. Which games? games? So I was trying to get you to do the callback. Which games? Switch games. Hey, all right. Oh, yeah, man. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. It's cool. Do, do you want to try it again? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Mario Odyssey, I have way too many hours behind that game. Break now. it down, man. Mario Odyssey gives that same feeling that we got when we were teenagers and we were playing Mario 64. Yeah. On N64. It's like where, you know how I remember playing Mario 64 and going, holy crap, this is like real true 3D. And like, look at the way you could move. Remember when you'd start off in front of the castle? And half the fun was jumping around, oh, literally, absolutely. like climbing a tree and, and and hopping off of it. That is there on steroids in this game, where you have all of the same, uh, all of the same movements that you had in the previous game. So it really feels like they're going back to the heart of the N sixty four version, but they're putting, uh, like a whole new. I don't, I don't even want to say a whole new coat of paint, like a whole new structure to the whole thing where you have all of what you're used to, but then all of these really, really clever ways of traversing the levels that you're in. And on top of that, the levels, every single level, like in the N64 and Mario 64 one, they were all like a little different. This one is like, they're all way different. A lot of distinction. There's, yeah, they're way different. And whether you're in a water level or whether you're in an ice level or whether you are literally in what is supposed to be kind of a mirror of New York City. Yeah. It's just, and there's literally one, like I think it's called Luncheon Land, where you're in a land where surrounded by food. That's awesome. And it, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. 
But at the same time, it fits within this stupid, wacky story that they have. And uh, so overall, if I'm just going to summarize it, this game is near perfect. I, I, you know, I, ha- I have a hard time saying a game is perfect, but I can't find a single flaw with this game. It is, like, if I were to rate it, I would probably give it a 10. Yeah. Which is, cra- which is what it's been getting across the board. I ha- not only from things I've read, uh, but also the people I've talked to. Yeah. Like, who aren't critics, who are just fans playing the game. I haven't heard a bad word about this game. And I hear it's a lot of fun on the tablet itself. Which I, ha- I, yeah, and I have played it on the tablet a little bit. Like, I had some people over, and they were watching a movie, and I was like, I do not want to watch this movie. So I just used the tablet in the corner and turned the volume way down, and I was I totally got lost in it. Yeah. And it was almost like you don't realize that you're on a small tablet anymore. So what's one of the best new additions, whether it's a character or a style of gameplay, just something that's new exclusively in this game that's really worked for you? So the there's a new mechanic where... And you see it all over the commercials. His hat. Oh, His hat, yeah, Cappy, is 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 literally alive. And it, he's a part of a bunch of hat people. It's Mario. It, go with yeah, it. Yeah, go with yeah. it. But the ability to throw the hat, to collect things, the ability to use the hat to jump off of, to get further, um, there's just a, a, a whole slew of things that you can do if you know how to use the cap the right way. And so I, that's definitely the best mechanic do, addition. Do you, if you guys couldn't tell, Brandon owns this game on his Switch. I have not played a single minute of it. But you've seen it played, right? Yeah. But do you start the game with him right off the bat, or do you pretty much. get him? No, pretty much. Uh, the the f- it starts off with a it starts off with a cinematic of Bowser basically tearing your hat up, and oh, his red cap. Yeah, for sure. That you makes sense. Fall to this land where there's floating hats with eyes. Yeah. And then but the and the, and the hats can change their form. From right from the get-go when you're starting to play. Yes, you get a cap and it walks you through real basic ways of using it and as you progress through the game, you learn more creative ways to use the hat. One of the cool things is that the hat changes depending on your, you know, your costumes. Like so you can you can have a uh, construction cap and it's the same hat. It's like the same cappy, but he's in a different look. Oh, a hard hat. And so, yeah. So you can you when you you can change your outfit, which is always cool. So you can be Mario in like a business outfit with like this, you know, business business cap, whatever you call sure. those top hat things. Yeah, top hat. <laughs> business cap. Yeah. <laughs> um, the best. And 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 he uses it just like it's the regular hat. And but yeah, it's just kind of a neat mechanic to the whole thing. I hope this game is as good as you want it to be because there's not a whole lot coming out between now and basically what Metroid Prime Four that's gonna draw. Well, that's like in 2019 though. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. You know, to kind of start segueing into what came out of uh, the direct reveals. Yeah. Unless you're a very finite fan of a lot of these more like, uh, how do I say like older just they're just older games and they're indie games and, and a they're lot of japanese f- yeah foreign appealing games that yes. aren't so huge here so but we'll cut to that in a minute how many hours two-part question for you how many hours have you put away how many more hours could you see yourself playing this game because i know once you finish the you know the main story there's still plenty to do because it's a very interactive yeah. world. you're collecting moons this time around yes. right and that's basically in-game currency that you can get new skins and stuff with aesthetics sort of okay. um there's 
regular gold coins, there's these purple coins. Those are both kind of currency. Yeah. And you can get skins and stuff like that. Moons are what you get to progress oh, to the worlds. next level. That's yes. Right. But here's the cool thing is that you go to a, a level and it'll be like, oh, you need 16 moons to get to, to progress. And you can find 16 moons pretty easy. But then you look at the list and you're like, how many moons are here? And there's 60 moons. Oh, and right. so you're just like, damn, there's, and, and if you can find all the moons in one single level, like that's crazy. That means you spend a shit ton of time there or you were looking on the internet. I really like what you said there. So how many more hours are then how many hours have you put in already? How many more do you think you could? I have no idea do? how many I've put in. And I also have no many, no idea how many more I'll, I'll put in, uh, put in going forward because I'm not the moon hunter. Like I'm not going to go and try to find them all. I just don't have time. I was talking to a coworker. We were actually commuting back um, for work the other day and he was telling me all about it. And he said, if I had to rank this amongst all Mario titles, He's like, it might be number one. I said, you know, more than uh, Sunshine or 64 or Super Mario 3, because that's mm-hmm. my personal favorite, not having played uh, this yet. So do you have an idea where this might slot in? It's uh, it's so hard to say, because is this the best game? Yes. By far, it is the best Mario game. does that game. make it your favorite? There's that's that always the that difference, right? Because, because, yeah, like Mario 3 was awesome. Mario 2 was great. Mario 1 was awesome. <laughs> I mean, like... It's really hard to compare to games that were so breakthrough at the time because this one's not really breakthrough for the time. It's pretty standard. But just does it very well. It just does it very well. Yeah. And so if you were to ask me my favorite, I would probably say this one. It's at um, least top three. Absolutely. I would probably, I mean, this is definitely the best and I would probably say it's my favorite, but it, it kind of irks me to say that because I don't want to, I don't want to like downplay how significant the older Marios were. Fair point. You know, uh, news has come out. I'm sure you guys have read it. If you're geeks like us, that the Switch has become has become the fastest selling console in the United States. It's crazy, huh? And it's obvious that it's doing it on the strength of its two main titles. You know, Breath of the Wild and now Odyssey. And sure, there's some other fringe ones like Mario Kart 8, which is basically just a port from the Wii U. Right. And uh, Splatoon. I know. Well, let's put it this way: Spl- Splatoon and Mario Kart 8 couldn't sell the Wii U. So it's not like they're the ones really so pushing consoles complimentary. in this one. Those yes, are the games they're complimentary. You get in addition to Breath of the Wild and Odyssey. So there's not, like I was just mentioning a moment ago, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot between now and the foreseeable future. So I it's really crazy. hope you enjoy the hell out of Odyssey. Because it's going to... I know. I mean, what's the next game that you can already say now that you're going to buy on Switch? Prime. And I mean that's and that's 2019. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, because so, there's so, which leads us into what the Nintendo Direct was was uh, hinting at for I think 2018 basically. You, one can assume. Um. So there's a whole bunch that they that they were released or that they're so there's a whole bunch of games that they announced, games like The World Ends with You and a Kirby game, a new Pokemon tournament game. Actually, I shouldn't say new. Um, so there's all of these new games that they're like, hey, coming to the Switch. But coming to the Switch doesn't mean it's a new first-party title. You're right. Or third-party title. The only thing that I think was new was Mario Tennis? Aces or something like that? Yeah. 
I remember the first Mario Tennis that I played on the GameCube. It was fun, but it's not it's not a, an own game. It's not a game I would purchase. I maybe, remember maybe having for the par- fun with maybe it, for the but... party setting yes. and the handheld, but it's that's awfully niche. That's not a, a staple game, you know. Yes, and I, pr- I I I respect the way you say niche instead of niche. Good job. Am I wrong? No, you're correct. But most people say niche. Okay, so am I also sexy? Yeah, you are. Real quick, you know, if you think I'm sexy, right? I, we'll, we'll come back to this at the end. But I want to talk to you about Rod Stewart also. <laughs> like I said, we're free floating today because we okay. never had that much to begin with. I don't know much about Rod Stewart, but oh, you're going can, to by we, the end of this. We can do whatever you want. What Thank do you, you think of Nintendo coming out with some pretty dark games like Dark Souls and Payday Two? Cool. Which are both old. Don't it, get me wrong. Yeah, it's Payday like, Two. I don't. Payday Two. I never. I could never get into the Payday games. I never I did tried, either. and yeah. I was like, these I don't games know are any, shit. Yeah, they were free but, on Xbox like not that long after their original release. And and I it's, don't know anyone who's gonna be clamoring for that. So I was at Target the other day with um with my girlfriend's brother-in-law, and we and and he doesn't have a Switch. He's got a Wii U, and but he wants to get a Switch specifically for the two games that you previously mentioned. Like ninety percent of the people yeah, who buy that, the that's Switch, the only real reason, probably more than that. And we were looking at all of these titles that were there, and we we're just like old game, what old game, that? old game, Don't know that. like that one. And 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 he was even like that one's free on Switch right now. I've seen that one for free. That one's ten bucks, but it's sixty bucks on Switch. And it's like that's. To me, that's a little messed up. It feels like Nintendo put all their eggs in these one, two baskets, basically. Yeah, I agree. And everything else is just on the fringe and complimentary, you know? So be it. Yeah, just play but, the hell out of that game. It, and the hard, It's hard for me to, to say that those two games aren't worth it because those two games are some of my two favorite games that I've played in a really long time. And anyone who's going to be play Dark Souls on Switch, chances are it's not the first time. And this is just Dark Souls 1. Yeah, and there's been three of them. Yeah. And anyone who's played Dark Souls on Switch by the time it gets there, probably not the first time they've played the series itself. So Agreed. if you want to pay the full retail price to just get frustrated with a different controller in your hand, go for it. But yeah, they really kind of are banking on the fact that people are going to stick around till Metroid Prime 4, which... We don't have a hard release date for it all. All we've actually gotten was from last year's E3, right? Just a little graphic. Yeah. You know, looked like we thought it was Fantastic they're like, Four. They're literally like, hey, uh, we had a meeting and we decided we're going to do this sometime soon. And then Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. And Stand so everybody by. goes nuts for it. But anyway, so. So Rod Stewart, right? Okay. Rod you know, Stewart. He's the guy that made the song, uh, Do You Think I'm Sexy? He also made Hot Legs. And uh, he, you know Rod Go Stewart. Go on. Okay. You know Elton John, right? Yes. You're familiar? I was just listening to him on the way over to your house. Congratulations. Not like in person. He wasn't like in my passenger seat. I had him on YouTube. And Phil Collins. Yes. Okay. So you know anytime someone's presented or something is presented in threes, you hear the new age question, who would you marry, who would you F, who would you kill, right? Uh-huh. So Rod Stewart, Phil Collins, Elton John, who would you marry, who would you F, fuck, who would you kill? I would marry. It's a thinker, I know. <laughs> I would marry Elton John. I, okay, I agree. I feel like he's most financially stable. He stands to leave the most behind. He's closer to death, so you won't have to be married to that long. And he's, you know, a gay man, so he probably knows what it is to be in a relationship with another yeah. dude. I so. would kill Phil Collins, just in general. 
<laughs> without this question. Yeah. You're like, I'm I would plotting probably, something. If you were to, like, I would probably kill him, I don't know, in the air of the night. Mm. I feel it. <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, I would definitely fuck Ross Stewart. <laughs> Dude, that's exactly my thing. Oh, good job. Right on. I was actually having this discussion because those Dude, three... Why are you having these discussions let me with people? Let me, fill... let me right. tell you about it. All right. I w- was different co-worker, but same commute. We had it on like a cheesy oldie station, and those three artists came on in succession. And so we were like, dude, those are, I mean, I would see all three of those guys in concert, you know? Yeah. But those, are, those are all hit me. <laughs> yeah. I would be naked <laughs> yeah. at the concert. Like, yeah, yes, pick exactly. me to come up on stage. Uh, but those are all three hit makers. And it just got me thinking, okay, well, I got to look at anytime I think of something of threes as relates oh, to somebody. That's, of course. The Mary F. You have Hill. to. Yeah. Nowadays, that's kind of like, that's why it's weird. Thing. It's kind of like a party kids. game. Yeah, because yeah. someone's going to stand again a lot more than the other two. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so let's wrap it up. You, please, would we? Could we? Should we? <laughs> we end every podcast with two things that we love to do. One is called Shadow the Synopsis. Yeah. One is our awesome quote in geek history. Love both of those. That's great. I have a synopsis for Brandon. I'm going to read Brandon a synopsis. Hopefully... Uh, it is a thinker, and he has to really go, hmm. And play along at home. Shout it out if you know the answer. This story focuses on Quinn, a graduate student, and three others that travel between different Earths and parallel universes via a vortex-like wormhole. Their first trip lands them on an Earth that is suffering from a second ice age, and Quinn, the main protagonist, against his better judgment, opens the vortex prematurely to save the group from an ice tornado bearing down on them. As a result, the group loses the ability to return home and must travel from world to world, hoping to return safely to their own original Earth, which they call Earth Prime. The vortex can only be opened after a specific but random period of time on each new universe, monitored by a countdown clock on a portable timer that they carry with them. Failure to open the vortex in time would strand the group for 29.7 years in that universe. While waiting for the timer countdown, the group learns about the differences in the alternate Earths from their own, and often become unwillingly involved in events that they must resolve before they can safely leave via the vortex. The travelers have no control over what world they end up in, but continually look for means to find Earth Prime. Done. Done. And I'm just pausing a few extra seconds in case anyone is listening to this. And thinking to themselves, it's like, uh, I know what that is. I think before you Google it, I think I got this. I want to say it's a series. Okay. Um, I want to say that I used to watch this show probably like fifteen-ish, maybe even twenty years ago on Fox, probably like on a Sunday night or a Friday night. Okay. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Starring Jerry O'Connell as Quinn. Okay. I'm trying to think of the name. I know this show. It's a great show. Totally underappreciated, underrated sci-fi show. Um, oh, is this show also sharing a namesake of a popular way to enjoy small hamburgers? Yes, it is. How about Sliders? Yeah. Great show. Yeah. Great pool. You know what's funny? I remember many moons ago, I actually thought about making this a Shadow of the Synopsis for you. Oh, I think we're going to come. Probably. That's already happened. In many and it probably will continue to. Yeah, but so be it. That's a great pool. I, dude, good job. Go back and watch Sliders if you get a chance. Just sometime in your downtime. I don't know if it's out there somewhere. I'm sure. Good show. Did cool. you ever watch it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jerry O'Connell's the man. Yeah, he was. He yeah. Joe's apartment. <laughs> remember with the roaches? <laughs> yeah. So stupid. 
So you uh, got an awesome quote for us? Oh, I mean, let's keep the momentum going. Do you remember a movie called Predator? No. Okay, well, let me tell you about it. It's a movie called Predator, and it's starring Arnold Weathers. That's That'd be a cool name if like, you can smash Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers together. Make him <laughs> Arnold Weathers or Carl Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I like Arnold Weather better. Anyways, uh, Jesse Ventura, you guys remember him? He was a wrestler, and then he later became the governor of Minnesota, and now he's a political pundit and an author. Uh-huh. He played special weapons expert Blaine, and one of my favorite quotes in this movie, which has a lot of them, this is Jesse Ventura telling us what he doesn't have time for. Son of a bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Huh. Okay. You got time to duck? So that 25 second clip, the the main quote I was going for was, I ain't got time to bleed, which is a great quote. But the whole thing, son of a bitch, dog in like an Alabama tick, and he's got chew in his yeah. mouth. He actually, yeah, he, he's like fighting a predator, but he's got chew in his well, mouth. Well, they weren't fighting the predator this time. This oh, is when okay. they were like um, freeing up like uh, the gorilla base in Nicaragua or Costa Rica or wherever they were stationed before okay. they get introduced to Predator. Uh, great movie. I love that movie so much. It it really holds up too if you go back and watch it. it for it being surprisingly, is a good thirty one years they old. They kept now. the story simple. Imagine and that. that matters so much in a movie like that. It does, and. I, I love how the the uh, the other voice you hear, the other commando, when he's like, "I ain't got time to bleed." He looks he's at like, him, he's like, oh, "Okay, okay." Like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, like, do you have time to duck? Yeah, you got time to duck <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, uh, Jesse Ventura actually credits a lot of his wrestling because you know he was a heel. That's a bad guy in wrestling term, and just mic work to being able to kind of have a natural fit into acting. Because if you remember, he went on to do other movies with Arnold as well. He did uh, Running Man. Um, oh yeah, and he did one other movie, kind of in this whole genre time period but props to jesse ventura who is a great interview maybe we can get him on sometime if he ever falls this low yeah i'll uh i'll reach out to him via twitter yeah he loves our fake sponsors that's that's the best way that's what you do just at somebody if you want to at us there's Uh, a way one way to say it at random fandom wbb that's true as we're wrapping up here also we want to remind you we have an email we will reply all you got to do is reach out. We'll start emailing you in the hopes that you reply to us. <laughs> Please but do. until that point, randomfandomcast at gmail.com. And on iTunes or uh, Stitcher or SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to us on, please give us a rating. Anything will do. Of course, five stars. The more the merrier, but we just want to know that we're making contact. We just want to know you're Jody listening. Foster. Yeah. Uh, okay. That was actually... Okay. Next episode, we're going to talk about contact. Break it all down. <laughs> like a four-hour episode of just the inside of it contact. Yep. We're sitting on chairs. We hope wherever you are, because we're not in chairs, mm. we hope wherever you are, you've enjoyed this episode of Random Fandom Cast. And you guys, thanks for being a fan of our fandom. And stay geeky. 